Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. You have to remember as you're dealing with these physical challenges around you, that this is exactly what Satan wants to have happen in your life to the point that you neglect your spiritual heart and your soul and he wins. But the reality is, is he doesn't win. He will never win. And so that means that we don't have to be riddled by fear and we don't have to be riddled by anxiety and we don't have to be riddled by anger and greed. Instead, we can be generous and we can be loving and we can be kind. Our world is not short on difficulties that we are working through. People from every tribe, tongue, and nation are challenged by wars, famines, earthquakes, disease, as well as many personal challenges like family issues, career issues, and health issues. And as a result, people begin to wonder, maybe now more than ever, is this the end? In this sermon series, we will be attempting to answer this question by looking at the four horsemen in Revelation 6. Through this study, we will not only better understand the end times, but also better understand these difficult times we are in. Now enjoy today's message. There are people who are far from God, and there are people that are going to experience an eternity in torment. And maybe one of Satan's greatest strategies now for us is to put us in a place where we forget that. We forget what the main things are. We get confused, and when we get confused, conflict follows. And then the third thing that we're going to see is calamity in a variety of different ways. And that picks up in Revelation 6, verse 5 and 6. When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard this third living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And I'm going to break this down a little bit as we go along. The pair of scales in his hand. What does the scale represent? Well, for us today, we can look at it from two different perspectives. One perspective is that there is a, a, an issue of the economy in this particular day. The economics are not lining up. In other words, there's a high demand, low supply, inflation is through the roof. The scales are pointing out the fact that what you should be able to get for a product, you can't anymore. And so there's this economic inequality that's really off of the charts. The scale also represents God's judgment in our world. And it's a judgment that isn't meant to pay us back. If you're a Christian, we should never have a mentality that God is trying to pay us back. God doesn't pay back. His desire is always to bring back to bring us back to him, to get us back in line with him. And this scale is saying that we're a little misaligned on what it is that we are doing and the way that we are living. And so the scale is off and God's justice is beginning to pour forth into the world to bring his people back to him. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, two pounds of wheat for a day's wage and six pounds of barley for a day's wage and do not damage the oil and the wine. And what you again have here is that there is this inequality with the wheat and the barley as far as what they cost. They shouldn't cost this much, but they do cost this much. And so now there's issues with wheat, there's issues with barley. And to be candid with you, I don't know what to do with wheat. And I don't know what to do with barley. And if you're gluten-free, I have no idea what you're going to (laughs) do. But he says, do not damage the oil and the wine. And this represents two things as well. The first is for those 0.1% of people in our world This is a luxury item that even in the face of, as we're going to come to find out, famine, 
they still have their luxury items. In other words, it's gonna hit the majority of people, but this was a very luxurious item to have in this particular day, and it's still gonna be available, even in spite of the fact that the bare essentials of life, for most of us, aren't going to be available. This also represents God's grace. And this is something you should find hope from. And I hope that as we talk about this, the messages lead you, lead you to a place of hope. If they don't lead you to a place of hope, then I have failed, or at least you're not processing it the way that you ought to. And the graciousness of the God in this moment is God deals with the areas of our life, but he doesn't judge every aspect of our life. In other words, the wheat and the barley are affected, but the wine isn't. There's judgment on, one pa- on, on a couple of aspects of life, but this other area of life is not. Maybe even an area of life that these people in this day were more dependent on because this is often what they would sell to make money. They would sell the wine to make money, okay? Now, what does all this mean? I've already kind of alluded to it, but if we cross-reference this passage of Scripture with Matthew 24, which is very important to do, even though they're 50 years apart in having been um, essentially spoken, okay? In Matthew 24, Jesus gives the Olivet Discourse, and this is what he says about the end of time. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Which is, this is what we are asking today. What does the end look like? And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. This is the Antichrist, Okay, that's who this is referring to. This is the person on the white horse. The person on the red horse is next. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. That's the rider on the red horse. Next is nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and it goes on. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. And what I'm presenting to you is that the third strategy is going to be directly connected to famines. Short, there's going to be a shortage of supply of what is needed. Now, what is Satan trying to do? Does Satan want your house? No. Does he want your wheat? No. He doesn't want your barley. He doesn't want your wine. He doesn't want any of that stuff. He wants your soul. And he wants you to turn away from God and to go towards anything else. You don't even have to go directly to him. Just as long as you're going away from God, that's what he wants. He's very concerned about you spiritually, not physically. But here's what Satan knows. If he attacks us physically, often that distracts us from nurturing ourselves spiritually. Thanks for joining us on Hope for the Day. This is Pastor Philip Holland, and I come to you today with some bittersweet news. After four wonderful years of sharing the hope of Jesus through our sermons on Hope for the Day, it's time for us to say a goodbye. But before we part ways, I want to extend my deepest gratitude to each and every one of you who has tuned in week after week, allowing our messages to resonate in your hearts and your lives. Your support has been so valued by our team, and I'm so grateful for the ways that God has used this ministry. Now, as we close this chapter, I want to remind you that our mission does not end here. You can still access our sermons, delve deeper into our community, and find biblical resources and support on our website at valleyviewcc.com. And better yet, join us in person at one of our Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., or 11 a.m. 
Now, the reason that we're making this change is entirely strategic. We're excited about what we have coming up, and that has led us as a church to make an adjustment in our approach to this media ministry of ours. And so as we do something new going forward, I want you to keep your eyes open for the Valley View Christian Church podcast, where we'll continue to share sermons, interviews, and uplifting messages in new and exciting ways. So friends, as we bid farewell to this season of Hope for the Day, I just want to thank you again for being a part of our community, and may you always remember the hope that we have in Jesus. Laura and I did ministry in a particular area of Louisville, Kentucky that was, it was poor and it was impoverished and there was high levels of addiction and drugs and all sorts of uh, paraphernalia and crime. One of the lessons I learned when we were in the midst of that ministry, besides the fact that it was really, really hard and somewhat unsafe, but besides all of that, another lesson that we learned was that people do not care. Well, let me say it this way. Unless you are willing to resolve their physical problems, they don't care about your spiritual solutions. Even though I would say to them, if you would just believe in Jesus, if you would just align yourself with Jesus, if you would just follow him, a lot of these problems would go away. Like those drug deals that you're doing in the back, my backyard, literally in my backyard, those drug deals that I've been seeing, that stuff is not good for your life. It's physically going to harm you. It's going to make you go through a significant challenge in life. But they didn't care about that gospel message until we were willing to help them with their their hunger, willing to help them with their utilities, their lights, whatever it may be, whatever the situation was. Satan knows the same thing. In the end of time, there is absolutely going to be famine. There is going to be high demand for our bare necessities of life. And it's going to cost a lot of money. But you know what else is going to be in short supply? The Word of God. And people are going to be desiring to have hope. They're going to be desiring to hear about Jesus. And it's going to be harder to come by. And maybe some of that is because we're getting so complacent as a people. And we're not taking our faith serious to the point that it's not getting passed on to the next generations. Here's the third strategy. To create calamity in your life through physical and spiritual famines. And maybe you're going through a very physical challenge right now, circumstantial challenge. And and right now it's hard. Life is difficult for you. It was difficult for them in this day too. And one of the principles I laid out to you the first week is this. that If you're going to understand the book of Revelation properly, you have to get this. The Bible can't mean for us what it didn't mean for its original audience. So we have to understand a little bit of what was going on in that particular day to understand what it can mean for us today. And like I said, these horses are all progressive. So you get confusion, then you get conflict, and after conflict you get famine. It always follows. Okay, And the reason that it follows is because war, part of war, is destroying the crops of the people that you're conquering. And then from there, there's high demand, low supply. One biblical scholar said it this way, ancient Mediterranean warfare, including destroying the standing crops in the field, but not the vines and olive trees. Destruction of the vines and olive trees, which is why in the text it said, spare the vines, spare the olive trees would produce a long-range devastation of the local economies and so negate the whole point of conquering the land. They would have understood this. 
Remember, there was a famine in the land that the Apostle Paul was gathering money for, and he was taking it back to Jerusalem. These people in this day had experienced famine before. They had experienced war before. They knew what all of that meant and what came from it. And they also knew that you didn't want to get rid of the vines and the olive trees. Destroying the wheat and barley meant hardship for a year, but destroying the olive trees, which took about 17 years to grow, and vines spelled enduring disaster. Only the worst of the worst would do that. And so what does that translate into today? Well, let's look back at the text. Again, a quart of wheat costs a full day's wage. Three quarters of barley costs a full day's wage. I don't know what you make a day. What do you make a day? $50, $100, $200, $300 a day? I, I don't know what that is for you. But that is essentially what it would cost you to buy a loaf of bread. Look at it like that. Okay, if we were to trans or spring this out to today, historians think that it's about 12 times the cost of our goods today. That's, what they, that's the kind of inflation they were dealing with. So a gasoline would have been $44 a gallon. 44, could you imagine that? $44 a gallon. That's unbelievable. Everybody would be riding bikes. Or we'd be like Jim Carrey and Jeff Bridges and Dumb and Dumber. We'd be cruising, you know, they're cruising in the Aspen with icicles all over them. Everybody would have mopeds and bikes. That's the only way we would travel. $44 a gallon. Eggs, $48 a dozen. Milk, $36 a gallon. And then I, just for fun, I threw this in there. And this guy, $1 million for dinner with Juan Fallis, our student pastor. There would be physical challenges that would result from the famine. Satan goes after the physical to distract us from the spiritual. And maybe, again, that's what some of what you're dealing with. You're dealing with some very physical challenges. Maybe you're not, and I've got something for you in a moment. But maybe you're dealing with some anxiety and frustrations around an employer vaccine mandate. And that right now is a physical, that is a challenge that is just tearing you apart. Maybe you're dealing with a coworker who's unvaccinated and that's tearing you apart and you don't understand why they won't get it and they don't understand why you want them to get it and there's all this conflict and tension in your workplaces. Ah, teenagers are riddled with anxiety. A teenager you might have who is physically harming themselves. You have a marriage that might not make it. You are wondering if you will make it. There was a local teacher just the other night, took her life, mom, it's terrible. People need hope right now. People are struggling right now, and maybe that's you. And if that's you, you've got to quit focusing on these things. These are important, you sort them out, you process through them, but this will never be where you get your hope, resolving those problems. The only place you're gonna get hope is from Jesus. Often what happens to us is, I'll relate it to Revelation 6, we live by a four-seal theology. The four seals are Satan's activity, and they're all bad. It doesn't go well. Truth gets compromised, conflict is everywhere. In this scenario that we've got now, we're dealing with a shortage of things we need. Inevitably, all this leads to death that we'll find out next week about. It's not good. And we live in this place where we don't have hope and we're scared. And as it relates to this, hor- as it relates to this horse, then that leads us, what do we do? Well, we run to the mountains. I don't know. We go buy some land. We make a bunker. We dig it in. We dig in. We hide out. I heard about a man just this past week who ran to Montana, bought some land. I'm not even, if you want to do that, that's fine. That is your choice for sure. I'm just telling you, I don't know if that's where you're actually going to get hope from and peace from. 
That's living by a four-seal theology. And it almost makes it seem like Satan is going to win. But the book of Revelation is not about four seals. It's about seven seals. The first four seals are about Satan. The last three seals are God's activity. And here's what you realize whenever you look at it from a four-seal theology perspective. A perspective that we have and you need to have. A four-seal theology means Satan wins, but a seven-seal theology means that Satan never had a chance. Hi, this is Pastor Philip Holland of Valley View Christian Church speaking, and today I come to you with a mix of gratitude and also reflection. After four remarkable years of sharing sermons and faith-based conversations on Hope for the Day, it's time for us as a church to close this chapter. And the reason that we are doing this is entirely strategic. We want more people to receive the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as we are doing that, we're going to shift towards more of a podcast format. But before we part ways, I want to take a moment to express my deepest thanks to each and every one of you who has been a part of our journey. Your faithfulness in listening, engaging, and spreading hope has been nothing short of inspiring and I'm immensely grateful for your support. Now, as we prepare to bid farewell to this radio show, I want to remind you that our message of hope and faith will continue to shine brightly. You can still connect with us and explore more of our church community at our website, valleyviewcc.com. There you'll find sermons, resources, and opportunities to deepen your spiritual journey. And also, once again, you can follow our Valley View Christian Church podcast, where you'll continue to find sermons, interviews, and other uplifting messages in a brand new format. Now, as we embark on this new chapter, let us carry the hope of Jesus with us wherever we go. Thank you for being a part of this community, and may the grace of God continue to guide and bless you abundantly. You have to remember as you're dealing with these physical challenges around you that this is exactly what Satan wants to have happen in your life to the point that you neglect your spiritual heart and your soul and he wins. But the reality is, is he doesn't win. He will never win. And so that means that we don't have to be riddled by fear and we don't have to be riddled by anxiety and we don't have to be riddled by anger and greed. Instead, we can be generous and we can be loving and we can be kind. I mean, have any of you noticed that the customer service these days has really dropped off? <laughs> My wife went to the restaurant. I didn't even go. She goes to the restaurant the other day and she said, we didn't even get refills. We, we, we get our food and they just didn't even come and give us refills. It was just terrible. How do you respond to that? I mean, I'm not saying you should sit there and like give them a, you know, 100% tip or something, but I am saying that you probably shouldn't scream and holler at them and yell. And that's the four seal theology, how it plays out in our lives. Because even though we're shaking our head at these teenagers who have never learned how to, you know, actually wait on tables or do whatever else it is, or, or even young adults that are doing some of these things, we realize, man, there's hope, and the hope's in Jesus. There's two things I'm going to leave you with. If you're dealing with that kind of a challenge, you aren't sure if your marriage is going to make it, you're struggling about the vaccine stuff, you're wondering if you're going to need to move, the first point is this. Turn to God when the challenges arise. It's simple, but please don't underestimate how profound that is. 
In the Old Testament, there's a man named Job. And Satan wants to do one thing to Job and one thing to you. Satan wants you to turn away from God when challenges arise. And Satan goes to, jo- goes to God about Job and he says, you know what, God? Satan, Satan says this, I think Job's got a little too easy. And in fact, the reason he loves you so much is because of how good you have been to him. And God says, all right, that's fine. You can do anything you want to him. You just can't take his life. And Satan goes to work. Maybe God and Satan have had a similar conversation about us in America. The reason that they love you so much, God, is because of how blessed, how much blessing you have poured out on them as a nation. The reason, God, they go to church and still worship you is because of how easy it has been for them. And let's just be honest. I mean, we've we've got it good here. There's still, there's a reason why people are trying to get here in droves. We may think our country's falling apart, but let me tell you something. There's a reason why people from Haiti are risking their lives to get into our country because this is still the greatest country the world's ever known. No doubt about it. And maybe we're dealing with some challenges now because God is wanting to strengthen us and grow us in our faith. And in the face of these challenges, we have a choice. Are we going to lean on the blessings that he's given us or are we going to lean on the blesser? And so in Job's case, he loses three things. He loses his business. Wouldn't that be bad if you lost your business? He lost it. Even worse, he loses his children. I can't even imagine And then he loses his health. Who would want to live after that? And then his wife, who Satan seemingly could have taken her life if he wanted to, but he doesn't. He seems to use her against him. And we should be gracious to her because she's lost all the same things that Job has lost. Comes to him and his wife said to Job, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. And then Job looks at her and he says, woman, shall we accept good from God and not bad? And then the Bible says in all of this, Job did not sin. In other words, he never turned from God. In the midst of your challenge, you have a choice. Will you turn to God or won't you? Hope is going to be found in turning to him. Don't ever believe anyone who tells you that serving the Lord and giving your life to ministry is going to be full of just everything is good and everything goes well and and all is great. It's just not. The Apostle Paul exemplified this for us. Look at what he went through in 2 Corinthians. Imprisonment, flogging five times, beaten with rods three times, stoned, shipwrecked. And the text goes on in 2 Corinthians. This is the insight that he offers in spite of all of the hardship he went through. But this happened, as he teaches them, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. If you were to look at the most hopeless situation, all that you have to do is go to a cemetery and you see there that this is a thing that no one has conquered, that no one has overcome except for Jesus. And he points this out because no matter what the challenge was they were going through, God was allowing this to happen so they would turn to him and maybe that's what you need to do right now. Maybe you need to turn to him in this time. And for those of you that life is seemingly okay, like I know you got some anxieties and you got some worries, but you know what? You're not gonna 
your house isn't going to get floor closed on. As far as you know, your health is good. Um, your business is fine. Your kids seem like they're on the right track. Your marriage is doing okay. Here's, what the, thing that, here's the thing that you have to remember is that you have to nourish yourself spiritually to prepare for the challenges that are to come. You see, the book of, again, the book of Revelation teaches us that there are going to be good times, but there's going to be a whole lot of bad times. What are you nourishing yourself with, even though you are in this relatively good place? In the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, God told the Israelites when they were hungry, he said, I'll provide for you. Every day, go out and get manna, and that manna will nourish you. And every single day you have to go and do this because if you hold on to yesterday's manna, it's going to rot and it's not going to be good for you. And how does that apply to us today? It applies to us in this way, that you can't live on yesterday's manna when it comes to spiritual insights, when it comes to spiritual growth, that hopefully you've gotten something out of this message today, but you can't depend on today's message three weeks from now. This message is for today to get you on through the week, hopefully, but you have to continually go out and get new manna and nourish yourselves with it. Jesus said this when he was going through his challenge and temptation in Matthew 4, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.